0: This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events,
1: please visit nursing.byu.edu.
0: After 15 years as an educator at the BYU College of Nursing, Karen Lumberg is retiring this semester. In today's episode, she shares her wisdom and memories from her time at the college as she moves on to new adventures. Stay tuned.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Eliza Joy.
0: And I'm Ryan Larson.
1: Together we will explore nursing careers and professional insights.
0: With exclusive interviews for nurses working in jobs that you want to know about.
1: Transferring info from one nurse to another.
0: This is The College Handoff.
1: Today, we learn from Karen Lundberg. She discusses her time as a professor, drug testing for the 2002 Winter Olympics, and how she cultivates optimism as a nurse. We're also joined by Kylie Alejandre, a doula who works to ensure mothers have the birthing experience that they want while staying safe. She talks about becoming a doula, helping new mothers, and interacting with nurses and other medical professionals. Let's get started!
0: Well, today we have Karen Lumberg with us. She's one of the amazing faculty members at the BYU College of Nursing has been privileged to have for so many of the last, how long has it been, Karen? How many years has it been since you've been here?
2: Um, it'll be 15 years in fall. Wow. So just short of 15 years.
0: Yeah. So you've been here for 15 years and you're kind of wrapping up this chapter of your life and you're going to be retiring soon. Well, congratulations. You definitely earned a break.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you tell the students a little bit um, about what your plans are? What are you hoping to do after uh, after you wrap up this chapter of your life?
2: Um, well, my husband has recently retired, so we're all on the same page. Um, hoping to reinsert myself into my grandchildren's lives and be a <laughs> part of their lives. Um, Also, I tease my youngest son, who's 33, that I'm going to finally do his baby book. I never did that when he was little, so Uh. we'll finish that up. But ultimately, my husband and I want to do um, some traveling. We bought an RV last year, and so we're looking forward to um, seeing the sights in the West and Canada.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you'll have some time to be able to reconnect with your family and with your husband a little bit. That's something that is well deserved for sure. I mean, you've been teaching here, as you mentioned, for um, for quite some time. In the spring issue of Learning the Healer's Art, um, you talked a little bit about how you got into your teaching role here at BYU. You didn't automatically start planning on initially being a teacher from my understanding right away. Yeah. So tell us about that. How did you go from whatever you were doing from whatever clinical experiences that you were doing into becoming a professor?
2: Great. Well, when I was young, I graduated from Brigham Young university and in the college of nursing. And at that point it was, you had an option for a two year program or a four year program. And I opted for the two year program because, uh, I was married and one of us needed to make money now and stop school. My husband was continuing on to medical school. Mm -hmm. So I um, finished with my associate degree, went and worked in the primary children's in the pediatric intensive care unit. Anyway, for those years, I raised my children and helped my husband in his practice. Um, Interesting, one day when my children were older in high school, one of the patients that was there in the clinic happened to be an a nursing uh, instructor of mine from when I was in college. So this is like 20, 25 years later. And I don't think she remembered me, but at that moment, I just felt so impressed with the influence that she had over my life that I remember wheeling her out to the car. And before I helped her, because at this time she was quite crippled and not able to move before I helped her get in her car to go home, I knelt, Beside her wheelchair. And I told her that I felt very inspired at that moment to seek a career in in teaching, um, nursing education, because of the influence that she had on my life. And um, I told her that and got her in her car and went home and looked on the University of Utah website and re enrolled in school. So that was when I was 45 years old.
0: Wow. That's right. definitely a different career path that than many people have path. taken. But so yep. well, props to you for being sensitive to the moment and the spirit and the people who have had big influences in your life, even lots of years prior to that, right. and being able to, to realize that person had a good influence in your life and you could do the same. And you definitely have here at the college. Right. Yeah. So w- why... BYU then, has there was something that attracted you about coming back to BYU, to the old stomping grounds? Um,
2: Well, yeah, that's interesting too. So I was a student up at the University of Utah, and one of my assignments was to do a presentation. I was doing an internship here at BYU because my son was here. He was recently off his mission, and so I thought, well, I'll do an internship at BYU. It was offered to me, and I thought, we'll go have lunch once a week or something like this, some way to connect with him. BYU College of Nursing asked me to do a presentation, and then they hired me. Wow. So I, I, I can blame my son or give credit to my son for moving me south. I um, was kind of surprised myself, but um, it has been such a good fit, and I have really enjoyed my time here.
0: Oh, that's great. What a cool, you yeah. know, funny how those things just kind of line up in the right, right. way in life that get you to door you need to be. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and your time here at BYU teaching, running clinicals, doing research. Um, do you, have you had a, a favorite moment or experience here at the college?
2: Um, that's interesting. I was trying to think what my favorite would be. I have loved, um, lecturing in class. I have loved, um, being with my colleagues here. But I had a true aha moment up at Primary Children's Hospital, and it wasn't when I was a teacher. So this is an interesting story. Um, about eight years ago, I had a grandson who had a pretty severe stroke. And um, we our family was up at Primary Children's in the, in the pediatric intensive care unit where I spend time with my students. We spent two weeks there with him and then several weeks in the rehab up at Primary Children's Hospital. To kind of skip forward, um, my grandson has done really well. And so that part turned out great. The part that was remarkable to me being a teacher and was that I had the night shift with my grandson. So that my daughter and son-in-law could sleep at night and be with him during the day. So this meant that we would, um, I would spend the night with him. Um, So I was in the hospital spending the night with my grandson. And not at that point, we didn't know if he was ever going to talk again or even to walk again. So it was pretty devastating there for a little bit. And I'm lying in the cot next to him. And um, this still brings tears to my eyes. I heard my students' voices outside the door. They were the nurses that I were depending upon, that my family was depending upon, and that the future of my grandson was depending upon their good care. And I just felt so relieved (laughs) that they had gone to BYU nursing and I knew they had the knowledge to do what was best for my family. And that was an interesting moment in my career um, to realize that what I was doing here was impacting families throughout the um, Intermountain West.
0: And even further, I'm sure. Oh yes. I even alumni further. all over and, right. and your, your influence I'm sure has been felt like that by many families across the country. Mm-hmm. That's special. Thank you so much for sharing.: Yes.:
2: That it was a very, very unique and moving moment for me.
0: Yeah. I do want to turn a little bit to the topic of optimism. It's my understanding, you've done mm-hmm. quite a bit of research on optimism and specifically how being optimistic can help nursing students get through some of the grind of nursing school. Um, maybe share a little bit about that. You know, what in your research have you found that could be helpful for a nursing student who's struggling to get through nursing school?
2: Optimism is um, essential to nursing. I think it's essential to um, having a long career in nursing, too. We did study um, optimism in nursing students and how much um, optimism there was here at BYU. Interesting, we found that students here were quite optimistic and were very hopeful for the future. It would be interesting to take that data that we did. 12, 15 years ago and see if nursing students still feel that same way. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of it is attributed to our faith that we are, we naturally have optimism embedded in our, in our faith, hope for a better future. Um, So, yeah, I think that um, working with families now at primary children's, who have such devastating circumstances, um, whether it's cancer or trauma or, we as nurses need to be really mindful that we leave optimism behind in the room, that we do give families that hope that something will, that there's something to look forward to, there's something to hang on to.
0: Wow I love that I think that's a really great piece of advice and it's something that's so simple and is not very complicated but I mean it made a world difference for you when you're with your grandson in the hospital after his stroke you know you heard your, your students' voices in the hallway and you know that made you feel optimistic and that you were in good hands and your grandson was in good hands. that's awesome. Yes that's great. I also heard um, that you had a large part in the Salt Lake City Olympics that happened back in 2002.
2: <laughs> oh, that's, that's way back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, what was your experience like there? I mean, were you doing nurse related things? I, I heard it was maybe like drug testing a little bit. Yes. Like that. Yeah. yeah. About I'm that. surprised
2: you heard about that. Oh, I'm um, really good. You <laughs> <laughs> did some research. Yes. Um, uh, we got on board with that and did that initially. I, I can't even quite remember how I got hooked up with that, but we did do some drug testing. So this was really fun because we got to, I got to, um, follow the athletes from the end of the event to the drug testing center to make sure that that chain of integrity was intact.
0: Whoa. So, um,
2: really interesting. I can ski a little. And so they put me at the skiing venues and I would just wait for them at the bottom of the hill. And then ski with them over to the, but it was really fun because during that period, we often stopped with media or other teammates would come up and congratulate them. And eventually we made it to the, the drug testing center. So wow. that was really fun.
0: And so you're just observing to make sure they weren't swapping examples right. or anything like that. Right. Interesting. Wow. Right, right. You're like an undercover engine and a ski instructor <laughs> and a ski pro then. Right.
2: No, no, don't say ski pro. I can ski on, um, an intermediate hill. There you go. <laughs> yes.
0: Hey, if it'll get you with the uh, Olympic athletes, that's pretty right, good. Then, right, right,
2: right, right. It was, it was really fun because the job kind of changed as the, Um, as the Olympics evolved, if you remember 9-11 happened Mm -hmm. right at the beginning of that. And so some of my job was also um, to do checking credentials at the Olympic Village. And so I was working with the the FBI and with Homeland Security um, checking credentials. And so that was fun to see all these athletes coming through. There's one funny story I'll tell you. We had one athlete that kept I would check the credential and then go through the metal detector screen, and he kept failing it over and over and over again. And so we'd bring him around, and and once again, we'd go through it. And so eventually, about the third time, he said, we would ask, do you have any metal? And he said, oh, do you mean these? And he finally pulled open his ski shirt, and he had three gold, and silver medals. (laughs) He was just waiting for that moment to ask him, do you have any medal on you? (laughs) Yes, I mean these. (laughs) I love that. What a a
0: cool um, experience and opportunity that you've had. You definitely have been really connected to your community um, throughout your career and trying to um, be of service and be helpful to those around you. That's great. As you're retiring and as you're moving on to a new phase in, in, in your life, what would you like to tell current and future nursing students about uh, any pieces of advice that you would give them as they're starting their own careers and starting their own um, new chapters of their lives?
2: I would hope that they would learn some way to be resilient. Um, As I have noticed with this pandemic pandemic these last couple of years, um, I've witnessed a lot of nurses leaving the profession. And I understand it. I get it, Um, it was really hard and it was a very scary time. So I would hope that new nurses um, are be able to have some tools in their life that will make them resilient so that they can have a long career in nursing. So I would say, take care of yourself first.
0: I love that. That's really useful on so many levels because I think healthcare professionals in general, nurses especially, really are so, trained to be selfless, that they very quickly forget themselves altogether. So that's a really great piece of advice. Well, Karen, thank you so much. Thank you not only for being on our podcast, sharing a little bit about yourself, but also for being at BYU for 15 years and for really impacting and touching the lives of many students and their patients.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. I
0: appreciate Karen.
1: Night of Nursing is a nationwide event hosted by the BYU College of Nursing. In locations across the country alumni and students will gather to reminisce about their time at the college and network with like-minded professionals this year night of nursing is april 13th visit nightofnursing.com to rsvp to a gathering near you
3: well today in the studio with us we have kylie alejandre who owns utah valley doulas thank you for coming in thanks for having me so to begin i just want to ask you a very basic question What is a doula? Are there multiple types of doulas? What are... What's the role of a doula, essentially?
4: Yeah, so there are a few types of doulas. Um, the doula that most people have heard of is a birth or labor doula. Um, that's the doula that will support somebody through their pregnancy as well as during their labor and birth. Um, and then the other, another type of doula is a postpartum doula. And they go to the home of somebody who's just had a baby and they kind of help them in the home and help them get adjusted to their new life with their new baby. Um, another type of doula is a sibling doula, which is somebody who is there to take care of the siblings while mom and dad go and have the next baby. Um yeah, those are the main types of doula's.
3: Yeah, so are doulas mostly there for emotional support, physical support? What are you know, the limits of being a doula or I guess the expectations of being a doula.
4: Yeah. So we do have a a pretty specific scope as a doula. Um, You are there to not provide any medical support. So no medical um, training, anything like that as a doula. Um, What we do is we provide emotional, physical and educational support. Um, So we do provide that, that emotional support as far as like getting people through labor and birth um emotionally and physically with like counter pressure and like things like that for the physical aspect of pain that happens during birth we help with that um and then also we provide a great deal of education for people who want to know their options um and that all is the same for postpartum and sibling as well
3: perfect so I feel like sometimes when we hear the term doula, we associate it with like alternative medicine or like home birthing. So do doulas mostly work it with people who give birth at home and midwives, or do they also work in more modern medical settings?
4: Yeah. So doulas will support a birth wherever it takes place. We actually, I would say most of our clients at Utah Valley doulas are hospital birthers. Um, So we go to the hospital with them and support them there. Um, We support all types of births, whether that be in a different location, hospital, out of hospital, um, medicated, unmedicated, we support all of them. And a doula is beneficial in any birth setting.
3: That's perfect. That's so great that you guys are able to help so many different women in whichever situation they feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. Um what was your journey to becoming a doula? This is a very unique career that a lot of people don't know about. So how did you come to being a doula?
4: So for me, I had kind of heard of a doula, but I didn't realize it was an actual job. I just thought it was kind of something someone did to help like a friend or relative, um, through their birth. But as I went in to have my baby, um, and I just have the one baby. So when I went in to have her, I had kind of, um, not a great experience just because I wasn't educated. I wasn't informed. I didn't know my options. Um, and my birth experience left me feeling very disempowered, very, um, lacking. I just felt like I missed a lot that I could have had during my birth experience because I just didn't know. And so as I was in the hospital recovering from my birth, um, I Googled like how to have a better birth and do list came up and that's where it
3: all started. So and. Do you also have a background in nursing? I think we previously talked about that.
4: Yeah. So when I actually was pregnant with my daughter, I had just finished up all my prerequisites for nursing and I like had a CNA and I was a CNA and all of that. Um, And I'd planned on going to nursing school and then I discovered doula work and kind of took a a little pivot there.
3: Yeah. So, so you have the background in nursing and then you're a doula. So how what are the similarities between being a doula and then the work you do in the nursing field? Do you feel like there are overlaps?
4: I do. So as a nurse, I and obviously I'm never I never became a nurse, but I know a lot of nurses and like took those prereqs. So I kind of know that it's a it's a service field. It's you do things you are a nurse to help others. You're a nurse to kind of help them through sometimes the most difficult moments of their lives. Um and you, you're you there to support them, and do, that's doula work. That's what we do. Um, we can't provide any of the medical care that a nurse can provide, so obviously that's the biggest difference. But as far as caring and supporting, it's very similar.
3: So, like I mentioned earlier, when we hear the term doula, we tend to think about it as a more alternative mes- medicine practice or like a traditional birthing practice, So what do you think are the benefits of combining something like becoming a doula with the more Western modern medicine? Do you feel like they go together pretty well?
4: Absolutely. So that's actually a a very common misconception that doulas are kind of like the hippy-dippy, holistic medicine only. Um, But they're not. They're actually, we at Utah Valley Doulas, our biggest goal is to work um, very well with the medical community. So we want to be able to mesh our two, um, support systems, whether it be the physical, emotional, educational support from a doula and the medical side from the medical community. I feel like it's the most, the best, um, team that somebody could have for their birth is one that's combined with the doula support and the medical support. Um, because you get The full experience that way.
3: That's perfect. And I feel like another misconception is that if you are a doula, you can only work with patients who are going unmedicated. Is that true? Can you work with any type of patient?
4: Yeah. So we work with all types of patients, all types of births. So I would say the majority of our clients do want to go unmedicated, um, but they will also, some of them end up getting an epidural or some of our clients hire us knowing they're going to get an epidural. It's We provide support regardless of whether it's medicated, medicated or unmedicated and our knowledge base for positions you can do while you have an epidural, um, like ways you can labor with an epidural that'll kind of open your pelvis a little more. We have a knowledge base for both kinds of births, whether it be unmedicated or medicated and that can be very valuable to all sorts of clients.
3: What a cool combination that like people don't tend to think of. And I love that you're like breaking down those misconceptions and those barriers. So how do you coordinate your medical care with other healthcare providers like nurse practitioners and doctors? Um, do you feel like there's sometimes conflict there or do you guys all work together pretty harmoniously?
4: If I'm doing my job right, and if my doulas are doing my job right, there's not any conflict. Um, we are there never to battle the medical providers. It's not our job. We are not the medical, medical providers. We haven't gone through that schooling. Um, what we do is just inform our clients. We educate them on their options. Um, and if our client tells us they want something, then we remind our client, hey, you wanted this, just so you know, do you still want that? They talk it through with their doctor and then make a decision that way. We inform,
3: but we never will go against a medical provider. So, you, like we mentioned earlier, you own an agency called Utah Valley Doulas. So how did you go from being a solo doula to owning this agency? What was your journey?
4: So I had been a solo doula for about a year um, and I was loving it, but I felt like I couldn't serve all the clients that were coming my way. Um, But I felt with the help of my um, business mentor, I felt that the agency route was the best way to provide um, support to multiple clients, but still kind of keep it under the same... keep it in the same scope that I was trained in, that I felt was most successful with clients Um, and kind of the agency allows us to be able to all be trained the same way. I'll be certified, I'll be the same level of professional, um, but provide that service to many more clients than I ever could as a solo doula.
3: That's so helpful that there's like this little group, this agency that everyone can come together and work together. Mm -hmm. That's so perfect. And what's even cooler is that as part of this agency, you want students to become involved. Yes. Which, again, if I was a nursing student, I would not think of becoming a doula. So why should nursing students become a doula? How can they benefit from this training? And how can Utah Valley doulas help them in their nursing journey?
4: Yeah. So as a doula, you learn a different side of of care. You learn what it's like to be just with one client, because I know in nursing, you have to go in and out. You have a lot of different patients at one time, Um, whether that be on labor delivery or any other floor. You just you have a lot of patients. So the one on one care that you get from doula work um, just kind of opens. I feel like for me, it opened my eyes to what it's like to. To really be there to help one person, to see one person, meet them where they're at, and support them, and I think that that would be so beneficial for nurses as they go on to pursue their, their nursing career, um, because they've learned what it's like to to be with just one patient and see what they need. And obviously, nurses are very busy; they don't, they can't do that, they can't provide that. But now they know what it's like um, for a doula to be able to provide that service, and they can. One, kind of carry that over to their nursing career and like think of that, think of their patients kind of as a single person sometimes um, and hopefully all the time. And then also work with doulas when they have the opportunity and know what that's like to have been the doula
3: at that end. So what is the certification process like for becoming a doula? It kind of sounds complicated. Like, is there a lot of training that goes into being a doula? Do students need to absolutely complete a certification to work with Utah Valley doulas? Or can they just observe and assist? What's the certification process?
4: Yeah, so Utah, not all um, doulas are certified. Um, Utah Valley doulas, that is a requirement. We have, that's something that we hold too firmly is that we like all of our doulas to be professionally certified because we feel that we're, we're providing a professional service that people are paying a fee for. And so we want people to have gone through a, um, an approved training and approved certification process. Um, so we do require that Utah Valley doulas. The certification process, though, is very simple, actually. It's only a two-day course. It is 10 hours each day, so they're long days, um, but it's virtual. So you can do it from your home um, it is via Zoom. So you you do have to be on screen, but it's two days of that. And then you take an online exam. And once you pass that exam, you're certified. Um, I've actually trained with multiple organizations and this organization that I recommend for certification, which is ProDula. Um, they are the group that I feel is the most well-rounded, the most professional, um, and the most unbiased. There's a lot of training organizations that are that have some biases, you know, obviously, but they are the ones that I, I felt like that I could recommend to all of our doulas. And then we do um, so we have three steps. The first step is certification. Second step is we do require you um to establish an LLC with the state. We do that so that you can work as an independent contractor with us as opposed to an employee. Um, so you're not an employee, you're an independent contractor, you work for yourself, you just take clients via the agency. And then you can also continue to establish your own business if you'd like and take private clients. So that's the the be- biggest benefit of the LLC. Um, and then the third step is just to get personal liability insurance. We want to make sure everybody has that.
3: That's perfect. And way simpler than you think it is. That's actually a really easy process so thank you for sharing that so we also want to ask you about your personal work as a doula being involved with you know birth and caring for children that's a very special intimate thing so can you think of an experience where you have felt the most proud or moved in your role as a doula
4: I feel like with every client, I have a moment like that. Um, but the one that, that sticks out most is last week. I was at a birth of my client and it was her first baby. And um, she, her baby was measuring a little bit big. And so they had considered like induction. And she's, she just felt in her gut that she needed to wait a little longer. And that's that's something too that we always tell our clients. Pay attention to your intuition. What does your gut tell you? That's the biggest tool for them. And so she did a really good job of that. Um, she got to about almost 41 weeks pregnant and went into her doctor's appointment for that week. And she had some high blood pressure issues. So she ended up going to the hospital to be induced. So I went with her, of course, and her husband, um, and we were there and we were gearing up for a full night. Like she went in about four o'clock to start her induction process and we were ready. It was her first baby. So we figured it would be a good while, a long time, um, She had her baby six hours later. It was a nine pound, eight ounce baby. She was unmedicated. She pushed for, I think like maybe 15 minutes, if that. It was picture perfect. And she was so proud of herself and we were so proud of her. She did all the work and she paid attention to what her body was telling her. And that was, that was a really proud moment for me, for her. I was
3: proud of her. Uh, I love this idea of like you being proud of your clients Mm -hmm. that they're proud of themselves. That's Something that I feel like all new moms should be able to feel is that proud that they're proud of this process that they've just gone through, of this body, this life that they've just grown. So I love that you guys emphasize that. So something that's really big at the College of Nursing is this belief in the healer's art and that nursing and just all health care is really the healer's art. Um, so how has your religious and spiritual beliefs informed your role as a doula in the care of your clients?
4: The biggest thing for me is just to think about how kind of like treat others, how you'd like to be treated, you know, and think about what another person, your client might be feeling in the moment that you're you're with them. And it can be overwhelming and especially first time moms like it can be a lot and you don't know what to expect. And I feel like for me with my religious background, it it kind of helps me look at it at a different perspective. Like how, how would the savior look at this person? How, how would the how could he help them? And how could I be hands to do that work for him? So that's kind of how I combine those two things for me.
3: Yeah. And that's a beautiful way of combining it. So before we let you go, we would love to know how can these nursing students contact you? Because I hope they take you up on this opportunity to become really involved you know, in this field.
4: Yes, so um, I can be reached a few different ways. Um, you would wanna reach me and then I can kind of walk you through the process of, of working with us. Right now we are looking for postpartum doulas. So again, that's the doula that goes to the homes after they've had a baby, just fresh new baby and you help them kind of adjust to their new life at home um and we'll be looking for birth doulas later in the year so both of those there are opportunities so i can be reached um my email is info at utahvalleydoulas.com my phone number is 801-871-5389 i can be reached via phone or text as well to that number and then also i believe they're going to post um in the show notes the My Facebook and Instagram. I can be reached at any of those different places.
3: Awesome. Well, Kylie, thank you so much for coming in and telling us all about being a doula. We haven't had a guest like this, and we really appreciate you opening our eyes and our perspective to this very unique career field.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: I really
3: appreciated Catherine's interview
1: with Kylie. My mind was really open to the fact that doulas can really work with nurses and other healthcare professionals to make birthing a safe environment.
0: Yeah, I know. Catherine did a great job with that interview. I also loved how Kylie was able to distinguish the different types of doulas. There's definitely a whole lot out there, and I had definitely not considered different roles that doulas might play in different types of family situations.
1: Yeah, and and it's really important that moms have the birthing experience that they want. I also really loved the interview with Karen Lundberg and um, just hearing about her service to the college.
0: Yeah, no, she's definitely going to be missed when she leaves, but she's done some great things here, and I think she can be proud of the great accomplishments that she brought to the BYU College of Nursing, including her outlook on optimism. In fact, the University of Rochester Medical Center reviewed the results of over 80 studies and looked for common findings. They found optimism had a remarkable impact on physical health. The study examined overall longevity, survival from disease, Heart health, immunity, cancer outcomes, pregnancy outcomes, pain tolerance, and other health topics. It seemed that those who had more optimistic outlooks on life did better and had better results than those who were pessimistic.
1: So here are some ways that we found to be more optimistic. So the first one is um, think positive thoughts, not just about others, but also about yourself.
0: I love that. Another good option is to try to find the good in every situation, even in the difficult moments, which we never have.
1: Of course not, never. (laughs) And stop comparing yourself with others in a competitive way. Each person has unique and special talents that are to be valued. Comparison truly is the thief of joy.
0: Absolutely, well put. You can also strive to improve your physical health through exercise, healthy diet, and keep good sleeping habits. That's a hard one, but the better you feel, the brighter your outlook will be.
1: And finally, challenge your mind every day by learning something new. Hopefully this podcast can add to your learning.
0: Absolutely. In addition, head over to our Instagram page, The College Handoff, and let us know in our story that we have out today how you keep a positive outlook on life, even when life gets difficult.
1: Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Don't forget to tune in next week.
0: We'll see you then.